Hey y'all, this is Videotic. My name is Joe. My name is Sean. And we are back at you again with our stupid, idiotic views on movies and television. Anything under the sun basically is fair game, especially if it is projected on a screen. And, uh, of course, while there is the internet, our voices will be heard. They shall be heard. They don't sound very good. Well, you know, we can't all afford a nice equipment setup. So until we suffice, this closet will have to do. We need to do an episode on either helium or whatever the other one is that makes your voice go deeper. Mm. That would be fun. It's a fair thought, but you think about how long we, we, tend, we tend to talk for, even trim down and everything. And, and you, you want to be on those gases for that long of time? <laughs> yes. It's just us, yes, in the hus- us in the gurneys being put in the ambulance. Be like, totally worth it. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Can't really breathe. <laughs> How many views do you think we'll have? <laughs> I mean, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Put it on the internet. It'll be watched by anyone. Yeah, as long as we keep the bit with the ambulance in there, mm-hmm. we'll watch it. <laughs> oh, 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 and you gotta have, we have cats, we gotta put them in the video there somewhere. Internet loves cats. Meow. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. I, I would never do that to an animal willingly, but now I'm like, does it change your voice? <laughs> I assume it would. You think so? I don't know, that's borderline, though. Just put yeah. the cat like you do some cut cutaways to the cat sleeping or something and just playing, walking around. You just play like, oh look, and a cat. Obligatory cat hour up. You'd think the internet would get tired of that after a while, but no, they keep coming. And that being said, they don't like movies about cats, apparently. I know, right? Apparently there's a whole musical about him and, and no one really liked it. At least the current rendition. I don't know. It's just... I don't know why. I'm not sure. Not sure. I haven't seen it, you know, but I'm, I'm pretty sure when I do, I'm going to love it. That's on my list of uh, movies to hate watch. <laughs> I haven't even seen it. I've just seen clips and seen reviews. And I'm like, oh, I have to watch this now because it's awful. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I actually have watched that one, and I oh, did because it? of because of all the the vitriol and hate it got. Uh, for, for the effects, yeah, it's definitely warranted. <clears throat> and I will say it was kind of a pseudo controversy at the time. For like, I know when the uh, that year's following Oscars, they had James Corden and Rebba Wilson come up to present for special effects and they made a dig at being in cats. Like, and they were dressed very badly, like as a rendition of characters. And it was like, a lot of people thought it was like, you know, some people, ha ha ha. It's kind of funny. Other people just went, y'all are in this movie. You shouldn't be making fun of it. Like, no, no, no. You're trying to do like a save an image thing here. It's not really what you think it is because in reality, what it points to is a studio that pressured the a VFX team who wasn't quite ready and had to release a product, thereby suffering really in the process because of how it looks and does not mash together. 
Were the effects the problem, though? Well, it was. There was rushing involved. So there was like a. I don't think it was idealized as much as they wanted. And there was also uh, that what they presented with just didn't. It didn't really work, in my opinion. They had that whole like humans because it was the stage show, right? Android Lloyd Webber musical. Yeah. And it's like the musical I actually have. There's like a copy from. I think the late mid to late 80s. I could be wrong. Let me see real quick. It's like a it's a recording of one of the stage shows. They did it in Britain. I believe, and it's it that's fantastic to watch because it's them on stage, and it's like one of those. I think it's funny because it's like one of those. Uh, I wouldn't regard it as a huge, massive deal, but apparently it is as a musical. It's fun to watch, though. Uh, I have the added uh, benefit of never having seen the musical, so well, I, I have... was just com- it was completely foreign to me. I knew about it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I do from have what, both from, versions, so and by the way, the one I was flip? talking about was '98. So, oh, '98. That's pretty recent. Well, I guess not really. That was over t- two decades ago, bro. We don't bring those up here. We don't bring the ages up, man. Oh. Uh, which I th- perhaps we should mention. Both of us recently celebrated a new year. Ooh. Ooh. That's about the excitement we put into it. I have more gray hair now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta catch up, man. I've had gray hair since I was like in elementary school. Well, it's because you fell into that vat of toxic chemicals. Cause no, I pushed no. You. So, no, you went swimming at the same pool. You remember? <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, no, I mean, you would have pushed me. Uh, I would have. Yeah, no, we did. We you. did. That's right, true. Uh, let's see. You know, cats in the internet aside, uh, we've had some things happen in the movie movie world recently. Still trailers coming out. And still a lot of uh, things happening. On a much loosely connected basis to it because it is an actor. I kind of want to mention just uh, the whole situation with Jeremy Renner that's been going on. I know a lot of people out there probably have already heard about what happened with him. You know, unfortunately he got really, really messed up over New Year's and he was admitted to the hospital. He was in there for a long time. He has recently been out and is seeming to do much, much better. And yeah, I know we're a little uh, late to saying anything, but I just wanted to mention something because I just wanted to give solidarity with him and just say, you know, I'm so glad he's doing better because he's genuinely one of the one of the good ones, you know? Well, just in terms of acting, he's he's been one of my favorite actors for a while, even before he really got bigger. Um mm-hmm. But, like, especially after the news about his accident came out, like, there's been, like, people saying, hey, this dude is just a, who actually know him personally, is, like, there's not a bad story about him out there. 
Yeah, uh, I wasn't even talking about the acting side personally, but uh, I'm glad you saw that. I was going to say, yeah, he's a great actor to boot. I mean, uh, I loved before seeing it fit into the rest of the saga, things like the Bourne Legacy and I other love like, the Bourne movies Legacy. I saw. I love, I love it, it, and I loved it even more when I finally watched the trilogy because it fits so well into the trilogy. Nobody to make else it like it, it a fleshed out thing. I don't know why, man. It's it's I'm I'm gonna bring that movie up in underrated guilty pleasure things because it's severely in the underrated category. But definitely. But yeah, I was gonna say, as a human being, I've heard that Jeremy's just been a really stand up <clears throat> guy, a family man, you know, and and really. Uh, really gives back to people in the communities. In fact, there's that show on Disney Plus. I think it just dropped at the time of recording earlier this week. It's called Renovations. And what he has been doing is he'll actually go get, uh, like go to, he joked and called them like billionaire auctions and such, but people who actually auction off older service vehicles, like older ambulances and fire engines and things like that. But he's been going and buying them and literally reno- renovating them into either you know to be reusable for the area or for like other other activities and such i think he literally took a a fire truck and converted it into like a quote unquote party bus so it's like it's a it was a mobile uh traveling like party station it had That's things cool. that you could compartments for like inflatables and things like that on it and other cool little things on it to tour for like parties and such. So people could use it as a business and keep it going. And this was an older one. So, you know, it's, it was decommissioned, but he does stuff like that, like all the time. And that's kind of what that shows about too, to showing that he's been doing that for a while. And I'm like, uh, I, I do want to see it because it sounds really, sounds really interesting. And it sounds really fun to see what someone could do with that kind of, uh, that mindset you know mm-hmm. and yeah we're a little late to the party here but with our recording schedule and such i did just want to mention that about him and say that i'm very happy and very pleased to see him like recently he was on jimmy kimmel on an interview with him and he was he came out on stage under his own uh volition under his own power walking with a, with the help of a cane but i didn't think i would see that so you know it's incredible Oh, yeah, especially when you uh, hear what actually happened to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, that's why I suffice to say earlier that it was just really, really bad. Suffice, suffice to say also that it was, uh, let's just say he had a lot of reports of people, doctors he knew and such, talked to him, and he says they were talking to me as if I wasn't going to, you know, be there the next day. And it just kind of sets in, like, how bad it was. But, yeah, somehow, man. Uh, With that being said, with our love for Jeremy Renner uh, just being reaffirmed, you know, and just, you know, giving our solidarity with him there, we can get back into our uh, show, I guess, and... uh, our regularly scheduled programming. It's scheduled. I wouldn't say regularly, but you know, it is. It is regularly scheduled. Well, that that <laughs> is true, actually. Whether or not we stick to said schedule is up in the air. Yes, but it is scheduled. Yes, we had a meeting to vote on that, but I don't remember who came or not. 
something together if it showed up. <laughs> Huh. That's kind of rough if 100% of the board doesn't show up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess everyone's technically on the same page then. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, okay. How about we pencil that in for uh, next week? Okay, how about we do that? That works. Yeah, who's the secretary again? It's like, excuse oh, me. Well. Let me ask my secretary. Mom! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, nah. Uh, Sean, you want to go ahead and give our lovely, lovely listeners out there what uh, what we're getting into today? Today, we are getting into something you never thought we would. That, oh, no, that's next week. Today, we're just going to do quotes. Some of the most famous movie quotes out there, speeches, yada, yada, pick-me-up lines, or just pick-up lines. Um, and I actually delved into just kind of my personal favorite lines. Um, I tried to aim for the ones that I find myself just quoting around the house. The general purpose, the general tool uh, quotes is, is what I tend to gravitate towards. Yep. Like Sean said, we basically decided to just... Uh make another series here of just like you know there's so many movies and television shows out there there's so many uh great ones bad ones you know yeah that are out there there's so many just uh mediocre ones but all those are comprised of the screenplays that make them sometimes they're adaptations so technically we might cheat with a few like book adaptations but you know if it's in there it still counts but yeah, just I think I know there. exactly which one you're talking about. You have no idea what I'm talking about, good we'll sir. See. We'll see. <laughs> don't pretend to know me. I'm gonna write this down in case you don't say it. <laughs> it's like don't pretend you know me five minutes later. Well, I guess he knew me. No <laughs> Yeah. We'll see, maybe not. Okay, Mr. Big Shot, what's the winning numbers this week? Oh, no, no, no. If you're going to be waiting, like that. I'm waiting for this to come up naturally. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> no, nah, but we decided to talk about some of our favorites and some iconic ones, or ones that we consider iconic as well. We didn't focus too hard, like Sean said, on ones that are already very well-known and such, because they're very well-known. Of course we will mention and give our credence to them. You know, most of people are... If not everyone on the planet at this point knows what this little old, uh, uh, this little old filmmaker named George, uh, what's his name? Lucan, right? Luker. Filthy Luker. The Luker it's earned him, I guess, is, is enough. But George Lucas and Star Wars, right? Most everyone's familiar with that. You know how many things you can get out of the Star Wars saga that are quotable? A lot. Less than you think, but there's a good amount. No, kidding. Oh. <laughs> and of course, it all culminated into one of the biggest lines of the of the saga to date. Just one of the best deliveries oh. and best written ones of somehow Palpatine returned. I won't. I won't criticize the delivery. I think there's no good way to deliver that, and I don't want to spurn Oscar Isaac. But, uh, yeah, somehow Palpatine returned. 
We feel like there was an issue on the cutting room floor in between the editing department, but you know, it's out there again. We've talked about the the uh sequel trilogy. It's really fun. Last Star Wars month. We'll we'll talk more about it in the upcoming month for Star Wars month. Or at least not that in particular, but Star Wars in general. A lot of stuff to talk about. They had their celebration recently, so that'll be fun to discuss. But yeah, this um it, for better or worse, that quote is now in there and it is out for the general public. <laughs> so doesn't have to be iconic, doesn't always mean great or good, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just if it stands the test of time. And I can tell you, as an idiot myself, I am well versed in those sayings. Usually around where I live, the whole saying was, you know, hey, y'all watch this. That's usually on a headstone. Is that from a movie? No, that's just from my Uncle Ike. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> he made the jump, though. Oh, well done. Of course, he had planned to do it the next week, but you know how we are with schedules. No one was there to see it, but, you know, they swore it was pretty good. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Why do I feel it's, like uh, Uncle Ike is Ghost Rider? <laughs> Yeah, I, I've for the record, I don't have a I don't have a single Nicolas Cage quote down here, and I'm feeling kind of guilty about that. Oh, never mind. Episode's over. Let's go. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you know for Nicolas Cage, anyone out there is going to be familiar. There's another awful adaptation of an older horror movie. I'm guessing you know where I'm going with this, Sean. You Not familiar yet. with? Are you familiar with his version of The Wicker Man? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not the bees! Ah, the bees! bees. They're in my eyes! Ah. (laughs) And the funniest part to me is that if you look in that, they added the bees with CGI. They're nowhere near his eyes when he says that. They're like everywhere else. But he was, I mean, I know he was being told, just go with it. And like, you know, we're going to put them in later, but it's it just adds to it now. Yes, you know. Which I've, of that entire movie, I've only seen that scene. That's, that's the only scene you need, that's right? That's the only scene I've seen. <laughs> Is there a movie around that scene? I thought it was just a scene for an hour. <laughs> oh, I almost just pulled my entire system off the desk. I don't recommend that. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. As much as we could fill a whole episode with Star Wars quotes or, or you know, cageisms, we decided to go for more, like, Again, personal ones. And they could be epic. They could be grand. They could actually be iconic to many people. And, of course, to us, they probably will be. But we picked out some of our favorites, and we're going to keep going with this idea as, as we go on, just to keep pulling from uh, ones that have stuck with us over the years, you know, for good or, good or bad, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sean, you want to start us off? I have a good one. Uh-huh. Um, uh, how do we want to present these? Is this going to be like I say it, and then you got to figure out what it's from? I mean, Which if you if you want easy. to if you want to quiz me and have my uh, idiocy shown way I, more I, than we've already presented, then I mean, you can if you want. Bear in mind, that, caffeine hasn't kicked in. 
none of these are in any way difficult to guess. But my first one is, gentlemen, this is the day you will always remember as the day that you almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. I love that ah, line. I see. And the reprise of that line in the second movie where he says it <laughs> and then midway through he gets like not land can you get land blast land blasted by a uh, water? Can you do that? Water blasted? I guess. Is land blasted a word? Land blasted? How do you say that? Lambasted? Lamb bastard? There's lambasted as a word. I don't know if that's in the correct usage there. Lambasted. Lambasted. L A M B A S T. For those who don't know, lambasted. L A M B A S T E. D. No. Oh well, yeah. If it's if it's it's past in past tense. tense. Yeah. D. Oh, I did not know what that was. Yeah, he got lambasted by water. In the middle of saying it, <laughs> I just remember as a kid watching that and like laughing hysterically <laughs> over something so stupid. Yeah, I mean, you talk about those things that stuck in your head is iconic performances. You got Jack Sparrow, mm. with Johnny Depp in the role. You've got uh, just Jack Sparrow <laughs> in general became an icon and an institution in and of himself. Yeah, well, and without him in that movie, it is like it's it could still be a decent movie, but he just that character just elevated that franchise, you know, to the next level. Like it does not work without uh, Johnny Depp in there and Jack Sparrow. Yeah, I was gonna say Jack was definitely the the standout character. I'm pretty sure like people knew it when they were in the film. Right, you'd have to imagine while they were filming, they knew he was going to be probably one of more standout there to audiences everywhere. But it still works really well. It's really funny, and of course, he's like he is the face of the franchise in my opinion. Still, Just oh yeah, Jack Sparrow. In fact, I mean that's why he was still in all of them that followed, right? <laughs> and it's just like, huh. Yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting one to start off with, I'll say, because yes, it kind of summed up his character, the fact that he says it <laughs> and gets to say it and, and say it again. And again, yeah, I think he's he says it at least twice in the first movie, maybe three times. I think I don't know. And there is the beginning, like you mentioned, when he's like, this is the day that you almost captured Captain Jack Sparrow. Then there's the, at the end of the first movie when he gets out of the gallows, and he's like, this is the day you almost killed Captain Jack Sparrow. Well, he doesn't even finish, because he uh, falls off the edge. That too. Yeah, we knew the rest of what was coming anyway. Yeah. Which for him, it's a it's a quote that kind of, like, kind of like what you were saying, it kind of envelops the character, right? Because there's this, like, uh, what do you call it? Like confidence that he exudes on the outside and then he ends up just falling off something and yet it still works out for him. And so you're kind of left to wonder, it's like, okay, he's either a genius or he's just very lucky and he's tripping into stuff. And I, I, I put that solidly under the category of he's a genius. Hmm. That is best when you actually figure out, oh, he's got an idea of what's going on here and he's he's actually working things. 
I always personally, my head canon was that he is like he's actually very intelligent. Mm-hmm. It's just he, but he's all he is genuinely like basically not there all the time. So like I don't always think it's an act if you know what I mean. I just think sometimes the intelligence doesn't kick in until when he like actually needs it because he really is is like derpy and goofy like everywhere like oh is that thing. I'd like to think that he's just been like baked in the sun too long he just yeah he just had one really bad trip with eating a bad mushroom and it's lasted all this time yeah it's one of the ones it, that lingers for years it heightened his higher brain functioning and just destroyed his mid to lower brain functioning exactly savvy yeah savvy yeah man that's a uh, that's bringing up some stuff there for me too i haven't seen the uh parts of the caribbean movies in a long time and you want something even worse what i said did you want something even worse yes curse of the black pearl the first one came out oh don't don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it i I knew there was a year coming after that i don't want to hear it i do what was it 2003 I know. Dude, it's that's like, exactly is that that's exactly twenty years. I'm like, this movie's twenty years old, man. Ha, has it officially turned twenty yet, or do we still have a month or two? For all intents and purposes, for my sadness and embittered soul, it's twenty. Jeez. I'm going to college is twenty years old, man, because I'm like, good gracious. Yeah, I know. I looked at that the other day. I literally was like the only reason I also remember that because I literally had that in my mind the other day. This is a side tangent, and I looked it up because I was like, when did that movie come out? And I was just like, you know what? Heart. I, I remember I remember the first time I saw that movie, uh, you, us being the little, little children we were, you came over to my house and you brought that movie, and we watched it in the uh, TV in my bedroom, I think, because we moved it in there because we were having like a little party or something. I think it was a. I think it actually was like a sleepover. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember because I it. remember staying over, and I think it was like on a weekend night or something. Yeah, and we got to stay up and watch it. And uh, yeah, I do remember because that was the first time you had watched it, and uh, I think that was kind of a. I guess it's my fault now. Oh yes, one hundred percent. I wonder why your mother hated me after that. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hated you before. Let's be honest. Oh, okay. Oh, thank you. Good. Well, that that helps a lot. Yeah, no, that that movie's um they stand out, you know, and yeah, the the quotes from the movie franchise in general, I think most of them come from Jack Sparrow, if nothing else. Uh, every almost every line he has could be a quote. Like, there's you know five more that just popped at the top of my head. Oh yeah, if you want for, some, yeah. like I can think of a few. You know, there's some um, uh the variation of like before with Norrington, like you've got to be the worst pirate I've ever seen till the other guy later. That's got to be the best pirate I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Or even when you're like, you are without doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. Oh, but you but have, you heard, have of me. heard of me. He said, "Oh, but you have heard of me." Uh, there's lots of like little ones I remember randomly. I guess that's the autistic mind at work. But like the beginning of the movie, and he comes into dock. Great scene, by the way. That little like schooner he's on, and then when he gets on it, it's totally sunk. Exactly. So he's on the crow's nest, and the guy like, excuse me, sir, when you come into port, you have to, like, you have to dock your boat or something. What's your name? And he goes like, what's, say, like, three shillings? 
and we forget the name. Welcome to Port Royal, Mr. Smith. <laughs> and then it shows that he just took the guy's coin purse to pay him, so it's like, he's a pirate. Yeah, fun movies. Thank you for that uh, little journey down memory lane. That's uh, that's a good one to start off with there. Mm. I feel now, a little left out now because I chose all serious ones. Oh, that is a serious one. That no, is a but quote it's, for the ages. It's more evocative of like good times, though. This one's I went were a little more melodramatic. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, thanks. Uh, let's see. Which one do I go with first? Uh, well, here, I've got one I can give. Uh, how do you feel about me giving one that was more, like, inspiring? Do it's that. it's a I'm little all... dark, but it's inspiring. It was inspiration. It, it makes you just, you feel like the emotion welling up when you hear this and see this scene and hear this quote. I haven't felt emotion in years. Help ah, me. okay. So technically, this one is slight cheating because it's an adaptation from a book series. But I did do some research, and the movie, of course, they adapted it around. So technically, with my speaking, this is a chance as a quote thing, but you know. <coughs> Excuse you. <laughs> and, uh... the co- Sorry, the cough got me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think about trying to escape. <laughs> no, there's one for you. Man, we didn't even think any of that. Uh, so I I went around and and chose one of my favorites from the Lord of the Rings saga, mm. and in specifically, I think throughout all the films, there are fantastic quotes. And again, you know, from the book originally, when you condense a bit of Tolkien's writing down, they are fantastic. <laughs> Let's just be blunt. Just saying. Guess he I, wasn't all the time. Uh, I loved it as a kid reading that. All the unnecessary details and stuff and all the songs in there. I loved it. But sorry, continue. Sure. Oh, like I said, I have no like, real problem with it. I'm just like, at times it's rather loquacious. It's not really easy to a lot of, you know, especially younger readers, right? And even, even some older readers, they'll be means. like, the thing. well, there you go. <laughs> I didn't learn how to do my taxes, but I learned what loquacious is. <laughs> yes, that's so true. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I um, throughout the saga, there's just some fantastic, great ones. And me and my father hold this opinion that the character of Theoden, King Theoden, has probably the best out of anyone. In the saga, most any time he gets a soliloquy or a monologue, it's just, you know, S tier use of the English language. And, you know, credit to Tolkien for the writing of it. But the movie and, of course, uh, actor Bernard Hill did a fantastic job delivering them. There's many you could choose from from Theoden. You know, there's the one word response to me that's just so great in Return of the King when uh, they're sitting there waiting in the beacons, you know, Aragorn comes in, the beacons are lit, Gondor calls for aid. And there's a moment when they look around and then he thinks and he goes, and Rohan will answer. It's a nice one. It's a good one. There's a power to, there's an authority to it. 
and the music starts welling up behind them. Yeah, and you just have that moment thing, and you just get it. There's uh, the two towers, the thing in the end where he's just been kind of brought back, quote unquote, and he's they're in a oh what's the 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 keep called? I'm trying to remember the name. Oh, it escapes me. But the stone carved Hel- keep. They go to that Helm's Deep. Thank you. It was Helm's Deep, and then the York army comes. The Urukai. They confront them near the end, <clears throat> and there's a moment when they're about to breach and they're about to break in, right? And they've gotten everyone they can. They even pulled like the kids and everyone to fight. They've done everything they can, and he goes like, "What can men do in the face of such reckless hate?" And Aragorn, you know, there he's talking back and forth. He's starting to feel it, and he almost he almost gives in to that feeling of like dismissal, like instant. We're not going to win this. There's no way. And Aragorn just like the ride out with me. Ride out and meet them head on. And they didn't kind of spark in his eye in the hole. like, you know, yes. And just this whole, that speech is fantastic. But my favorite of all time that I'm going to choose is uh, from Return of the King. When they're about to charge into the armies of Mordor. When they're about to uh, face outside of Minas Tirith. They finally breach the hill, see the gigantic orc army and the creatures. They have the war elephants, the other forces under Sauron. And there's a moment where they all kind of think, you know, can we do this? Can we win? Can we even succeed in trying to hold this back? And he gives his speech, starting with, you know, sending his riders when he sends them out with a great line, a great charge of forth and fear no darkness. He turns to his men, his soldiers, and says, Arise, arise, riders of Rohan. Spears shall be shaken. Shields shall be splintered. A sword day, a red day, ere the sun rises. Ride now, ride now, ride, ride for ruin and the world's ending. And then they chant and scream, you know, Death! Death! And it's a fascinating moment, and it's a great scene. Gives me goosebumps every time. Did any of that make it into the uh, films? Yes, what I was reading was actually the cut version. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's spliced a bit, I think. But it's a great charge because it's just a fantastic speech. They're up against all odds. Uh, insurmountable odds even in the face of true evil and as you know majority of just this army of men what are they going to do but he charges them with that speech rice saying you know arise and he basically tells them that a sword day a red day like basically you know the majority of us will probably fall we're not going to make it but we're going to fight you know, we're going to stand, we're going to fight, because they cannot win. Or at the very least, they cannot know that they have any inkling of victory. And then they charge, of course. And the the cry of death is kind of confusing, because when I was younger, I remember thinking, are they just saying we're going to kill them all, we're going to kill them all? But then when you get older, you realize the charge is, when they scream death, they own Basically, they're saying, we own the death on the battlefield now. 
Right. And we are not as afraid of it. That actually is the majority of it because that's their moment. The orcs and the army of Sauron represent, you know, true evil. They represent this, this, this insurmountable odds, right? This, the, the bad winning, basically the bad guys winning to put it bluntly. And they utilized extreme fear and just death as their arsenal. Forces would just, you know, fall to them because they would feel overwhelmed and just give in and succumb to the fear of death that they brought. With the scream of death, the armies of Theoden and those forces were saying, we fear it no longer. We do not fear it. So there's that great moment when they start charging and the orcs stand there like ready to face them. Then it cuts to them still charging, cuts back to some orcs looking a bit like um, what do, what do we do? Cuts back to them charging, cuts back to other orcs, and the leader, who's been so resolute and steadfast in the whole, like, hold the line, hold the line, takes a step back and has a look of genuine, like, almost fear on his face. Was that the ugly face one? Yes. Uh-huh. That was the one of the, the age of men is over. Okay. <laughs> Somehow an iconic character. <laughs> oh, yeah. That quote's good, too. But, yeah, like, it's a great scene. Hmm. I don't mean to be so heavy-handed to start off with, but that's I I've loved and adored that speech to this day. I I just it's so good, and again credit in the original source material, and credit to, you know Peter Jackson directing the scene and Bernard Hill doing such a great job with it. Well, um, if I may, I have another quote on my list from that franchise, and um, maybe equally as heavy and full of meaning. Uh, I I find myself quoting this one when, especially like when something bad happens, you know. Um, I'll just like it just comes out of me. Stupid fat hobbit. And uh, <laughs> it just seems <laughs> to solve all of my problems. <laughs> I can't confirm. <laughs> I've been around there for one or two of those times. Yes. It's a little embarrassing in the middle of Target when you're trying to buy the thing, but you know, it's just some kind of gets you some items. You only get weird looks from girls, and all the guys are like, Yeah, I feel you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It'd just be like, Oh man, that guy's going through some stuff. Someone spills my coffee. Stupid fat hobbit. You ruins it. I legitimately have that written down in all (laughs) in all caps. I know. (laughs) Not to mention, I mean it's really weird really weird request for a yearbook quote but you know it's just yeah yeah like you took out a whole page do. in the back for it though that was a little unnecessary <laughs> just just <laughs> in like giant permanent marker <laughs> it's just it took up a whole page not exactly. the yearbook quotes <laughs> oh gosh yeah no the page in the back dedicated to seniors do people still do whole that page pretty sure Oh, good. I have no idea, honestly. I'm pretty sure they do. I just know we did. So, yeah. Anyway, that's that's that was my first choice right there. You could pick a lot from the saga. Yeah. And then just oh, and great. Have Arag- Aragorn's speech in a return. Not this day. Mm-hmm. But it is not this day. Yeah, great, great scene. Again, 
great saga in general. I think we're, we're I think we're thinking later we're going to have a good probably few episodes focused on the saga in general. I think we could really do a thing on that for a while. Get in depth. But yeah, for now, let's like pick some good quotes, and that's just one of my favorites. And then, of course, you have the meme of, uh, boy, and really just a good quote by itself, but kind of turned into an internet meme of Sean Bean, uh, Boromir, <laughs> saying, one does not simply, what does he say? Walk into Mordor. I don't Mordor. even remember, walk into Mordor. Mm-hmm. It was in the beginning of the movies, and it was like, oh, yeah, one does not simply walk into Mordor. That's how memed it is. I don't remember that exactly. Actual... It's I just mean, that is true. That is, like, probably one of the OG memes, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, Everyone knows the one right. does not simply, and just insert whatever there. Because <laughs> it was around before memes even existed, I think. Yeah, technically. Before, like, before we got, like, those other meme formats. I mean, there's a reason it's called a meme format. It's just a it became its own format. So yeah. Iconic in all rounds. Good job Lord of the Rings. Uh, What else you got? Hit me with another one. Well, Stupid Fat Hobbit was legitimately one of mine. (laughs) Because I I do quote it so often. Um, it's, It's 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 my literally my most quoted uh, Lord of the Rings quote. Just something someone does something dumb, stupid fat hobbit. Um, but I do have another one. Um, and this one is, you know, this falls under the category of like just for me. One of my favorite quotes of all time. Until I think of another one, I'm just going to say it is my favorite of all time. But it's also just everybody knows it. The whole world quotes it. Everyone loves it. And it's from Princess Bride. Uh, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And it's the definition of iconic. I think most definitely. I think that's uh, a great one, by the way, to be fair. Great movie. It's just one of the most perfect movies of all time. Basically everyone agrees. And it's, that's definitely in the iconic side of things. I would say, you know, most everyone knows about Anika Montoya. You're not going to have quote. You're not going to find any sort of podcast or, show out there that's going through iconic quotes and movies that will not mention hello my name is Nico Montoya it's it's that iconic it's just kind of assumed that's going to be in there yeah for good reason <laughs> oh yeah for really good reason it's I, like, I would say it's kind of on the lines of uh, what we were talking about with Jack Sparrow and defining a character that basically is a great quote that does... I mean, he uses it in some exposition, but it explains him. What he's mm-hmm. doing there, what his goal is, that's it. Like, he explains it all in one quote. When he says, this is what I'm going to tell the man who killed my father. <laughs> well, and it's so... Like, at first, like, you're introduced to the character. 
seen him for a little while, and then you know you're getting a bit of his backstory, and it's not so heavy yet, but he says it, and you're you're right, you're getting a glimpse into who he is as a person. And then later on, like at the other end of the movie, he finds the guy, and the first time he says it in in that fight, he's losing that fight, right? He's bloody. He's basically beaten. He's like he was just slouched on the floor, um, and he says it, and you can see it kind of give him strength, and it, he he's like reminding himself who he is and the weight of that moment for him, and then he just keeps saying it and saying it and saying it, and yeah, yeah. That's a great scene. I've always loved that one too because oh, it's, it's even awesome. like the bad guy, the six-fingered man, is like, you know, stop, you know, silence, shut up. But then, and he starts, he starts like saying it, and then he ends up by shouting it at the man because he's weaponizing his, uh, his reason, in a way. It's reinvigorating him, re-inspiring him, and also another tool in his arsenal all in that scene when he's like repeating it and then ends up shouting it at the man, right? Starts with saying it, starts with getting a bit louder, louder till he's fine, just screaming it at him. Like, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. You know, mm. just that build. Yeah. Well, and it's like, it's, you could see in the way he says it, like this is the culmination of this man's everything this man did in life since he was a young boy has been dedicated for this moment and he just keeps saying it over and over and over again and it's like him like saying hey this is it this is why I'm here this is the moment and yeah awesome awesome quote most definitely I knew I knew Princess Bride would be on here somewhere you know oh, between yeah. us two. Let's be if you're looking at a title of this episode and it's something like about movie quotes and you didn't know you were getting this uh, shame on you. What's wrong with you? Mm, I know. Stupid of fat course, hobbits. <laughs> along the lines of stupid fat hobbit, I would say one of the best, you know, that's gotten me through many lines, many times in the supermarket, many times in life, uh, confronting strangers, going through anything like that. I just always think of inconceivable. Yes. <laughs> I, I have a, the other one written up here, um, um, <laughs> which <laughs> is almost quoted as much as, hello, my name is Nick Montoya. It's, no more rhyming, and I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> Yeah, great movie. If anyone out there has not seen this, first of all, it's okay. You probably just been born. We'll give you a little leeway, but you're gonna you're gonna be in that nursery. There's a TV. It's gonna be there for you. Okay, yep. you're going to watch it. It's it's. I think it's a part of culture now. Just you have to watch this movie. So, yeah, really great movie. Uh, good choice. Good choice. Let's see. All right, hit me with something. <laughs> Come on, come on! I want you, to man. Do I've got I one I really it. wanted to mention, but it's it's a little bit of a longer speech. I could try to kind of place through it if you want, or I can save it for later. Do it in like a Alvin and the Chipmunks voice. Fast forward. I don't have any helium on me. Yes. Okay. This is the whole. This is a whole ten minute speech in two seconds. 
You want me to do it wow. again? <laughs> you want to see me run to that mountain and back? You want to see me do it again? Uh, yeah, there, there, there you go. I'll sub it for that quote from SpongeBob. It's just an iconic piece right there. Stands the test of time. <laughs> you can utilize it anywhere. It's just it's, it fits the bill anywhere. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> for a second I thought your your ten minute quote was a SpongeBob quote. <laughs> no, it's just me going on about how I'm in, uh, improvising this whole thing around it. <laughs> No. So this is, is a clip from a movie. I have yet to watch the movie. So anyone out there saying like, you know, oh, you didn't watch it. I'm like, no, I've not watched it yet because it's not on any services. I, I haven't been able to find it on demand yet. I think it's there on some things, but it's a little expensive on demand. So I'll see if I can get to it. But it's uh, there's this uh, seven, 1976 is when this movie came out. It's a movie called Network. So it is uh, from what I discovered of looking it up before after seeing this scene and things around this scene it is a uh, black comedy and if anyone doesn't know what that means out there it's basically like a very serious issue presented in a comedy to kind of you know using comedy as the means to highlight the problems and issues that exist basically like how real comedy works nowadays how comedians are supposed to be able to point out the real things there the good and the bad and through that lens to basically put it out there for the majority to see and be aware of Right. Right. And so this is more of a like a it treats a serious issue of like censorship in the media and like sensationalism versus actual news casting and storytelling, like basically storytelling versus the actual news. I, because I it is wanna, about a news network. I just want to take there? a moment and acknowledge that 95 percent of the listeners, 100 percent thought you were talking about Kevin Hart. When he said black comedy, <laughs> you see, I have a feeling I would come up. I was, I was gonna make a joke and be like, "No, it's not a Wayans Brothers movie. It's a um." But <laughs> yeah. that that is true. That it's not really used a lot nowadays. I think because of that. But it is like it's the term. I think they 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 might come up with another one. But it's the one that I've heard is a black comedy. Yeah, basically yeah, just saying yeah. it, it treats kind of like what is. Like, oh, we don't touch that stuff. But it's like you know, hey, if I present it in a comical format, but like still keeping the seriousness of it. Because, like, that's the funny thing. A lot of black comedies, they're not really ha-ha, funny, funny going on. They're kind of like, <laughs> like a nervous chuckle, if that makes sense. Because they still keep the sincerity of the subject matter. But like, it's still, uh, like, more comical because it's a tiny bit more lighthearted. Maybe a few lines here and there thrown in for actual humor, but it's like the when you look at the real subject matter, you're like, oh, that's still kind of, you know, serious. You mean, like, um, how Thor Love and Thunder did it? No, Thor Love and Thunder is actually more like a comedy, in my opinion, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's like, to me, a black comedy balances it out more. Sometimes it even is slightly more weighted towards the sincerity. But I, I wanted that movie to be a black comedy. It could have probably benefited more. But, you know, we've given oh, our piece on that. Yeah. But uh, this movie, I know from what I learned about it, it's a it's a kind of it's a cult classic to many people. And there's a scene in there where basically this uh, newsman, before he gets in like thing, he kind of breaks down on the air and has a rant live on the network. And what happens is because of his rant, he basically just lets go and they keep filming him because they're like, wait a minute, you know, something's happening. Our numbers are going up. And so in essence, part of the sincerity aspect of it is they big like he starts with losing it basically by getting tired and saying, I'm sick and tired of, you know, covering 
things like this, dark news, things and not of people caring because you care more about the bigger story of like, what did this actor do? What did this actress perform in? Who sang at this thing, whatever, you know, when I'm trying to tell you about a problem in the schools here and something going on this and whatever, da da da, you know. And he basically tells the people, we've become like more or less like, a, I can read the quote here, but it's like to summarize it, he starts losing it on air. And part of the thing of the movie is that he basically becomes this whole like big figure where part of the irony is in the twist near the end is that he becomes becomes sensationalist media as opposed to reporting what he was ranting about beforehand. And he becomes like bigger in the movie to this figure of like huge newscaster thing, like special TV program thing, all that stuff. And the program basically is shown to while starting off thinking his thing is going to be the bigger thing to focus on. He becomes a bigger thing in the money making for the studio. You see what I mean? And it kind of just shows how it's a cyclical nature. It all comes back around still. Right. But his rant on air is uh is great. And I encourage anyone if you've never heard it, look up the the speech from uh network, it is called. And the quote you'll look up will just be called Mad as Hell. In all honesty, that is a majority of what he says. But I'll just read it here. So imagine this, he's just in his uh in the chair. I think he just came in from the rain as part of it. He was late as part of his exasperation. He came in kind of wet, didn't get to take his raincoat off, and he's just on the air, but he, they basically tell me, you know, we're coming on and like, you know, and like, you know, give him the countdown. So he kind of just finally has a moment of like, you know what, record it. Screw it. I'm just gonna say what's on my mind. And it starts with this. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We all know things are bad. Worse than bad, they're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house and slowly the world we live in, we're living in is getting smaller. And all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radials, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to riot. I don't want you to write to your congressman, because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that, first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, damn it, my life has value. So I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now, go to the window, open it, stick your head out and yell, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. I rushed a little bit to get through it. It's a little long. It's a fantastic scene because he has a little more time with it. And basically, it's actually like he's got good points. And that's what makes it interesting, right? He's starting to say, like, you watch the news, you watch the news of something. They, they give things about saying we should do this and change. And you sit there in your own little comfort of your chair in your living room and say, yeah, that's fine. Or like, oh, that is bad. But then you don't 
you don't stand up to be the change you want to see. In essence, that's what he's decrying. Is saying, you know, those who sit back and say about doing something but never act as well. Mm. Alongside the whole sensationalist talking about all the big stories and the bad things that sell well. Saying, like, you know, you know what? You can do something about it. You can stop watching us. Get up. And, you know, I want you to start by saying, I'm mad as hell. And I'm not going to take any of this anymore. So I have not seen the original, uh, whatchamacallit, <clears throat> but I did see Liam O'Brien do a spoof of it. I would not doubt it's been spoofed. Mm. It's probably one of the things you're familiar with, like you said, you've seen now and you're realizing, oh, they're spoofing this scene then. So the yeah. scene is iconic to many people. For those who don't know, Lima Bryan is the uh, one of the voice actors on Critical Role. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Much indeed, mm. yes. Yes, quite, quite right, quite right. Quite right, yes. But uh, this is a scene that stuck out to me when I saw it. Again, it's on YouTube. You can find it, just the cut of it. I encourage you to watch it. And so even today, Sean, after we're done recording, if you want to, go ahead, look up that scene. It's only like two or three minutes. If you find the clip, but it's just like you can literally look up network and just like mad as hell. And it's basically a thing that I've seen, like the comments under the video are great because a lot of people will say, I go back to this many times just to hear it like and and realize, you know, there are so many important things in there that's interesting for a, you know, newsman to say. But that's kind of what the point was. Right. He's he's kind of flipping out because he's tired of it. He is mad as hell and he's basically telling everyone else. You should be. The fact that you're not angers me more. So he's like, I if I do anything, I'm getting you riled up because you need to be. And I think the the last part is what people say is really good because a lot of times it's it's also bias. It's something we can't escape. There is bias in the news networks we watch. We are all human. It exists, you know. It's going to be there. So part of his thing as well was like, why do so many people not present it the way it is? Why do they put a spin on it that doesn't exist? Why not just be objective instead of interjecting our subjective views on this? And I think that's kind of the point of that next to last line of the I'm a human being. Damn it. My life has value. Hmm. And it's very interesting. It's quite powerful the more you like think on it. And to me, it's just an iconic quote the whole speech is so that's my other submission a valid one what was the name of that movie might have to look N- up network network mm. uh yes as we say i'm just looking at 76 is when it came out Well, I have. Hmm. Oh, pardon me. I'm just sorry. I just looked it up real quick. It says it's on HBO Max right now. So, hmm. Oh, really? I might have something to watch now. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I apologize. I just was like, I didn't know that. I was trying to figure out which one I wanted to do next. I think 
Mm, th this one's definitely mo the most iconic. Which you, we, we, you already guessed it uh, before the show. But I fight and you may die. Run and you'll live, at least for a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that one? For one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Which is, of course, from Braveheart. Um, one of the movies you have to watch before you can become a man, I think. That's my rule, anyways. Uh, but it's actually my favorite quote is just uh, William Wallace yelling out freedom. Uh, but it's it's buffered up from this original kind of speech he gives to the men. And then called back to as he's dying and does die. But he just yells freedom because even though he's tied down and being tortured, they still have not taken his freedom. Which I love. Which you said you have, you've never seen Braveheart. No, no, unfortunately, I'm still a boy. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Nah, I'm familiar, like I said, with the, many of the quotes, though, like that one. That's the one that you see more than before you watch the movie for the first time, you know. You hear more about it. Yeah. But I, I'd agree with you. It's a great quote. It's like that, the whole riling up them before they battle near the end and then even as he's being tortured to death he still screams out with his breath freedom because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like you know i still see when we're gonna have it but you've also not taken it from me <laughs> you know i go out on my terms not yours a defiance as it were almost like a rebellion <gasps> Start up the folks. We're going for it. No. <laughs> you heard it here first. No. <laughs> heard it here first, folks. Get your kilts. Let's go. I've never worn a kilt. I have never done it either. It has to be summer, I imagine. In winter, it's too cold. What if you wear, like, five kilts? I think it'll work then. Hmm. Is it called a kilt? 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 <laughs> Probably. That's not even funny, man. <laughs> Look, don't blame me for what you said. It's slightly funny. Yeah, well, thank um, you. But yeah, that, uh, that's another one. one that has a lot of uh, a lot of good quotes. Um, it's not so much like. It's, it's much more like a down-to-earth dialogue in that one, I think. But still a lot of great... A lot of great moments and definitely a lot of quotable uh, moments in there. Excuse me. Yeah, my dad actually mentioned one just the other day. I remember talking to him and he mentioned like, oh yeah, uh, Braveheart. He goes, there's a thing because I told him about a quote I saw that made me laugh. And he goes, there was one that always stuck out to me when they were in the, uh, in the forests, right? I don't remember which time they're there, but they're like uh, gathered and one person says like he's an Irishman and he tells him like he's like, I'm about to go back to the church or something like that. Or like, I'm about to leave because I think all of y'all are 
are screwed. But it's like the thing of like, oh, or he says like, are you leaving us for God then or something like that? And he's like, I'm going back for that. And he tells him like, uh, uh, like, uh, with God, he's fine. You, you're effed. Oh, I, I, I know what you're talking about now. I was lost for a minute. It is okay. <laughs> when when they're uh, going in the battle. I believe it is because the Irishman leaves them, but that's just to like, you, you're deft. Yeah. <laughs> and he was. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It's like the Irishman just watching through, like, a lens later. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. It's like, I'm glad I got out when I did. It's probably... Arguably, uh, Mel Gibson's most iconic role, I think. He definitely has a few, but... Yeah, I'd definitely say it was the one that uh, really really turned a lot of heads and such toward his directing as well, right? Um, did he direct that? Yes. Really? Yeah. I either, I think I forgot that. I think I knew that at some point. I would not doubt it. Yeah, I was gonna say if you look it up, he that was one of the ones he directed and starred in. Uh, I'm looking it up IMDb just real quick because I'm like that also did a good buzz at that year. Yeah, five Oscars it won. Yeah, director Mel Gibson. It won best picture, best director, best cinematography, best effects and sound effects editing, and best makeup. Hmm. Mm. There you go. I'm looking at the, uh, I pulled it up on IMDb as well. IMDb, yeah, IMDb. Mm-hmm. I never know which letters come first. But uh, on one of the quotes on the cover of the movie says, every man dies, not every man really lives, which is pretty good. Obviously, they put it on the cover of the movie. I was going to say, it's a really good quote for the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I need to uh, watch that as well, so I'll have to bookmark that as well. I've been meaning to. I really have. I just have never gotten around to that one. Mm. I have heard a lot about it, though, and I do know it's a, you know, an iconic piece of a uh, cinematic history. Especially not to mention it came out the year we were born. Yeah. Ugh. Aging by the second. <laughs> That was, the, that was the last of my serious ones. I have <laughs> I have another uh, kind of silly one. And this was the one... I'll go ahead and put this here. Because this is the one I thought you were going to say when you were... Because you had said something about it being in the books as well. But there's some liberties taken. <laughs> and it's in Harry Potter um, and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> where Harry's name comes out of the Champion's Cup. And he, they're they're down in the dungeon or wherever underneath, and uh, Gandalf, not Gandalf. You doing the um, name? No, they're Gandalf. It's the same. Okay, and Gandalf runs in. It's there's a butcher name in the Goblet of Fire. the Goblet of Fire. That's hilarious to me because have you seen the comparisons of like the book to the movie? Yeah, it was like that's the book version. Everyone else is at his throat. He just walks over to him, hand on the shoulder, like looks him in the eye, like and kind of serious. Like, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? In, no, in the book, I swear, like it okay. literally says, um, "Dumbledore said calmly, 
Yeah, like I said, he put put his hand on his shoulder, looked at him like eye to eye contact, and just said, "Did you put your name on the goblet of fire?" (laughs) It's like the the movie movie version slams him against the wall. (laughs) (laughs) That is the edit I've seen. People have done like the joke of like the Batman voice, the Christian Bale Batman kind of like the. Be like people just said like, when did he turn into Batman? Just be like, "Hey, did you put your name on the goblet of fire?" Look up the. uh, There's a small Lego short of it not uh, not by official lego i think but yeah uh, like someone fan animation thing <laughs> yeah and it's it's hilarious i don't doubt it movie versus uh book goblet of fire dumbledore it's it's hilarious <laughs> it's great well i had two things i want to get through but i don't want us to go too far on time here so i think I, you, you want me to do I, this ones are actually shorter quotes now that other the second one i had was just actual speech this is more so like one or two lines quotes I can get through. They're again kind of serious. I didn't really have any funny ones here. In fact, I kind of have a little cheat here because I just want to pull up a movie I watched that I do love still. I don't know if you've seen this one, Sean. I hope you have, but because it's a fantastic movie. But um, have you watched Darkest Hour? Um, no. You disgust me. No. Apologies. Well, let me see. Netflix. It's currently on Netflix, it says, so uh, go pull that up sometime. This is the movie about, you know, uh, kind of biopic in a way. It's not really, but it is like following events of Winston Churchill. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's the one that finally got Gary Oldman his Oscar. It's kind of ridiculous he didn't have one until then. I know. I'm just going to say it again. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy deserved it for that role. Can't believe but that's someone that got him noticed, thankfully, for how good he was an actor. But yeah, this he did great in this role. And the movies, I love the movie. Whoever helped write the screenplay for it, I think, did a fantastic job because you could take so many moments from the film. Like, I'm just, I, I pulled up IMDb for the quotes section because I'll pull up quotes, you know? Mm. And there are so many in this movie that I have actually committed to memory (laughs) or at least parts of it. I do remember one or two that really stand out. And I just want to share this as a way to say, I could probably go and read through all of them and they're just all great. And I think some of them are actually taken from Winston Churchill himself because Winston Churchill was known as, you know, he is the originator of many of these actual quotes Mm -hmm. and he was a fantastic orator. He really knew how to, give the speech and bring everyone, you know, heck, he's the one who gave the famous, you know, we will fight them on the air. We will fight them on the beaches. We will fight them on the land. Right. And that's kind of what sealed the deal for them being involved and the attitude of everyone in England, basically saying, you know what? Yes, that's right. We're going to unite and we will not, they will not land on Britain's soil. The history is fascinating subject. Anyone out there, you just uh, study your history, please. But the movie is fantastic. Gary Oldman does a great job. And there's like two or three that I think I can mention here that just really stood out to me. So in a scene where they are arguing between like the leaders of the former party to Winston Churchill when he's put in that position, 
about what to do with Hitler and like people saying we should make negotiation plans because that negotiations will work, but we need a peace more than we need anything. And he basically says he's already shown that he's power hungry. He's already shown that peace, you know, like the whole joke is that peace was never an option, but he's like, peace isn't really an option now. We have to be on some kind of offensive because he's already shown the thing. Like we've already heard he promised Poland he would not invade and look what happened, you know? Mm. He says he's not a trustworthy man. He's a power-hungry general or warlord. We need to do something. And they basically say you're not open to peace. You're not, you're you're just a power-hungry you know war person or something. And he starts like you can't reason with somebody like this. You cannot do this. And the quote here I'll say is he goes you cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth. Mm. And I'm like that's a really good line because he's basically telling him. We're trying to negotiate with this guy, and we're in a position where he's literally about to start, you know, and that he's already he's he's flying over Britain, bombing us, and you're telling me we need to make peace, because this is what we this is what we do before they do all this. So the comparison of like you know our head is in the tiger's mouth, we can't say anything about it, saying you know hey hold up a minute let's just um, you know that's the thing and I'm like that's a great quote you cannot reason with the tiger when your head is in its mouth. Now I'm just thinking of uh, Jungle Book quotes. I'm so glad my stirring riser is getting to think of this. <laughs> yeah. I'm so disheartened now. I'm just name one other one that I love from the movie. <laughs> they saved that iconic speech, the real one, for the end of the film. And Gary Oldman, of course, kills it, it, delivering it. Is it the last scene? Uh, it's one of the last scenes, basically. He finishes giving it to their um, legislative house, the House of Commons and the House of Lords, I believe, right? And in Britain, isn't that there? The Houses of Parliament. I guess it's just called the Houses of Parliament. But he gives his speech to the House of Parliament and basically draws everyone's, more or less the majority of everyone on his side with his stance there, what they should do. And after he delivers a speech and basically even people on both sides of the of the house, you know, more like political parties, are aligned with him. Somebody turns to uh, like the other person there and goes, what just happened? And the person goes, he mobilized the English language and sent it into battle. <laughs> and I'm like, that's also a fantastic quote to show the power of words. You know, the power of a good speech. They are some of the most beautiful things you'll ever read are is a well-written speech or book or play or anything in written form because people who have a mastery of the language and grammar, that's a great way to put it. Mobilized the language and sent it to battle. But yeah, fantastic movie if no one's ever seen it. Definitely um, finally giving Gary his, his Oscar win. Totally worth it for his performance. That was one that slipped by me. Uh, when was that? To it was like twenty seventeen, eighteen, maybe. I I have no idea. 19? I was thinking like twenty ten. It was a while ago, wasn't it? I don't think it was that far ago, but I could be wrong. I don't know. But of course, you asked uh... after I put it off the page. <laughs> The, the one thing that drew me to kind of wanting to watch that movie was just the fact that uh, it was Gary Oldman. 
Mm-hmm. That dude oh, can yeah. be in anything and you won't recognize him. That dude can also be in the most ridiculous of roles, like his early stuff, and still give it 150%. Mm-hmm. And make it like you won't complain because he's doing what's expected of him, and he's doing it damn well. There was um, uh, yeah. By the way, twenty seventeen. I did look it back up. Twenty seventeen. Oh, that wasn't that long ago. And yeah, on Netflix. So I need you to watch that. I might watch that. Yeah, good. Schedule uh, schedule it in with the meeting. It's on the schedule. I don't know where the schedule is. But here's somewhere there, but it's on there. Trust me. Uh, what were you saying? I have no idea. What was I saying? I thought you knew. That is your mistake. Ah. Uh, oh, I think I just it was it was on the topic of um people taking on like weird or crazy roles and giving it a hundred percent a good example of that. I was just going to say, cause we had talked about uh, Mel Gibson. Um, he had a role in the third expendables film. Um, and the lines he had to say were like so corny. And like, I feel like if anyone else had said them, it would have been a joke, but the way Mel uh, Gibson delivers them, you 100% believe him. Um, so for those who have seen Expendables, go back and watch watch his uh, scenes again. And I don't think anyone else could have delivered them believably. But yeah. Hmm. It, it just reminded me of that because we'd been talking about uh, Mel. Yeah, I was going to say, really good example of kind of delivering with the stereotypical bad guy dialogue and actions. But making it really entertaining. It's sad because that movie overall wasn't as good as the other two, but you know. No, the first one, in my opinion, was the first one's like probably the best. Second one was definitely yeah. good as an action film. It's just kind of more mindless action, mindless action for it. But you know, I enjoy this. The second one's more of a guilty pleasure to me. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Not, as, not quite pleasure. as good as the first one, but it's a good guilty pleasure, you know. Like every now and then, I can put it in and enjoy it. <laughs> Third one, yeah, kind of tanked it with putting too many ideas in there, and then acquiescing to a PG thirteen rating, in my opinion. But that's just me. Yeah, we could talk about that another time. Big. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Expendables some other time. Yeah, we could talk about the Expendables some time. You got another one for us? You got a last one or? Um, I have another one from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh huh. Wait a minute. Is this just is this just another um? Uh, Davy Jones quote. It is. Ah. <laughs> Which the fact that you said that, I knew I had to have a Davy Jones quote. I I, there. I I had a feeling. I just want to say I had a feeling when you mentioned pirates earlier. I'm like I'm pretty sure the iconic characters for like just appeal of things and like how they fit in yes. is gonna be. Uh, Jack Sparrow, but then I'm like, uh, it's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be Davy Jones because Bill Nye is another mm-hmm. actor who just fits in with anything. And I was like, I know his deliveries and his lines are gonna be somewhere in, in <laughs> like memorable <laughs> quotes there. Yeah, yeah, like I love that character so much. Like everything about it, his look, 
how he sounds, how he moves. And I just find myself quoting Davy Jones far more often than is necessary. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like the, the one I wrote down was just, do you fear death? Do you fear that dark abyss? All your deeds laid bare, all your sins punished. I can offer you an escape. And the way he says it, and it's like, you know, at the moment they're on like a dark ship at night. And these guys <laughs> just saw their whole crew murdered. But he's like coming in as that, um, I guess at that point, more or less, it's like a wayward ferryman. I don't know, but he's coming in as that like, that one escape just before death and just before the punishment of all of their life. And he's like this dirty thing. And he's like, Hey, I can get you a way out. It'll cost you your soul, but I can get you a way out. And yeah, his yeah. voice just carries this gravitas with it. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful in its ugliness. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, I think uh, Bill Nye is a voice and a actor I love, and like everything he's in, because again, even in like a role I don't picture him being in, he'll still slay it. He can be in anything. Gary Oldman. Sometimes I see a movie and I'm like, oh, I had no idea that that was him. With Bill, it's like you know he's there whenever mm-hmm. he's there, like you know it's yeah. him. But he always, you're right, he always kind of fits in. Because I'm like, Bill Nighy, I think, has a fantastic voice and a presence as well. And, like, you know, it's a very fun voice. But I'm like, I never saw him as a tough leader type. Like, come in and, you know, take action in his own hands. And then I saw him cast in Underworld. Mm -hmm. And it kind of is, like, kind of threw me for a loop. Because it's like, it doesn't. It's like it shouldn't really fit, but it's kind of cool to see. It's such a de- departure from other roles he would do, you know. Yeah, but that's also just talk about that movie. Talk about that movie at length sometime too, because that's definitely going to come up. But yeah, as you say, like I love him and stuff. I and on your point when you said you know it's him, I did not know he was Davy Jones. But to be fair, he's also putting on a Scottish accent, and he's under CGI. He's under a lot of CGI. Yeah. Okay. Well, some CGI. You know, some of those tentacles are real, but you know, just just one. He went to the sushi bar and, like, you know, ordered an octopus and just stuck it to his face on set. And they're like, "Uh, "Bill, we don't need it." He goes, "I have my methods." (laughs) He said, "He said, but I need it." (laughs) Uh, But Bill, it's kind of starting to stink, and and nothing. Have a good day. But yeah, that that character, he has so many good lines just throughout his time in the series. And like his conversation with Calypso is the whole thing is just, you know, heartbreaking, beautiful. And like every line is gold, I think. Yeah, they really went all out with the characters as this series went on. They might have stretched it a bit thin. You know, in, in many places, but there were others that still really shone through. And that would be one of them, I think, with the addition of, of Davy Jones, him as the casting, and then many of those other smaller intimate moments. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good choice. Good choice. A lot more fun going back to a series I love. Haven't seen in years. I need to watch, like, the original trilogy now. Yes, I said trilogy. 
that it is a trilogy. The the first three movies are a thing, and then what comes after that is Fever Dreams. Y- yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least okay. The fourth one's okay. Let's be honest. I was, that's it's, why it's I didn't. Okay. I didn't want a rating. It's not great, and it's not even like good. I'm like, but it's okay. Yeah, I didn't want to universally trash them. It's just like they're there. They have good and less good moments. But um, the first three for me are, I love all of them. And I love all three of them. Fair points, fair points. Yeah. Which is a bit of a hot take, but. Yeah, I think we could definitely talk about them too. They might even be, I think it's fair to mention some of these other films we did in, in our, in an upcoming underrated guilty pleasure discussion. Because I think they could definitely have places in there. Uh, let's see. I've just got one last one here, and this is another serious one. Like I said, I kind of went a little bit more somber in this episode. I promise I shall try to have some more humorous ones just to balance it out. I'm glad I went for but, the humorous ones. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad one of us did. <laughs> we, I think we bounced each other out. Yeah, there you go. Yin and Yang. I'm Yang. Okay. I thought you were Sean. What have you done with Sean? Where's, where's the commissioner? Uh, he was right here. Uh, I just have one last one I'll mention. It's, it's uh, again, it's a more serious and somber one, but it's a very powerful one. I think it actually was taken from a real speech. I could be wrong. I did a little bit of research on it. What I could find is uh, it might have been said in the real... Uh, situation but i saw this i haven't fully completed this series yet the miniseries on hbo but uh there's a miniseries so it's on like max and everything now of course because of hbo but it's intriguing to me and i do have a way to watch it i just haven't been able to watch it all the way yet was a chernobyl based on you know the real location and the real situation of what happened there and it was just a recounting and retelling of events and a dramatization of it. Of course, many people, listeners, and Sean, I know you are familiar with what happened at Chernobyl, right? Absolutely. I, I'm unfortunately not sure if you're being sarcastic or if you're just actually being... No, yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> Forgive me, I really just had a moment I was like, I cannot tell. <laughs> it was meant to be sarcastic, but I actually did. Yeah, let's say and it's just a um dramatization, like I said, of the events of it, you know. The the inadequacies of certain people in their positions, of institutions like at the plant of of uh things that basically were not meant to be but lined up just so the uh inactions taken the actions taken that led to it, the consequences, all that stuff. It's a mini series because they didn't want to flesh out a whole like 13, 14 episode thing. So I think it's only like six episodes and they're each like a little over an hour. So it's like a little thing where they just tell it. They got great casting and, and really good storytelling from what I heard. I think they actually even won a few Emmys for it, but I, I was intrigued by it because I saw a clip in one of the hearings. So basically many of the officials were in the hearings for what happened, right? Cause it's, you know, it's a, it's an awful situation. 
it's a horrible thing that happened. And they're like, you know, why did it get this way? Why did this happen? Right. So, of course, there's going to be consequences for the actions taken or inactions taken. And one of the officials, I don't remember the name of the real man, but I know it's like one of the officials and, and thing is be, is like in a hearing of courts or sorts in like a courtroom and for what happens and all the things that transpired. And he makes a mention in a line where basically the truth will find you out, right? That's a line and a quote for many things. That's like a proverb, basically, that most everyone knows that you can spin your web of lies, but eventually the truth will out. You can only dig yourself so deep before everything collapses in around you. And in reference to that aspect, he has a quote here that I, I saw it on an ad for the miniseries. And I remember just literally pulling up my notepad because I was at work at the time on my phone on my like lunch break. I pulled up the notepad feature on the phone and, and typed it there so I wouldn't forget it. Because it just it it stuck out so much to me and it was so powerful as a quote. And the quote was. Every lie we tell incurs a debt to the truth. Sooner or later, that debt is paid. And to me, it just, it really, it actually kind of floored me. And I went, that's such a good quote. Legitimately powerful. It's just that, and I'll just say it again, just because I, A, I like it, and B, I just really wanted to set in for people listening, just to have a little bit of a serious moment. The, Every lie we tell incurs a debt to the truth. Sooner or later, that debt is paid. More or less, like I said, the truth will out. Well, and that's one that will uh, definitely get you the older you are, I think. Yeah, I think the reason, like I said, it stuck out to me, it still does, and it still will. And I think the more, as I get older, like you said, I think that when I am... Um, think back on it when it pops in my head more i'm definitely gonna it's gonna mean more and more to me as i get older like you said i definitely can see that happening mm -hmm. and like i said i went a little more somber and serious in this this little segment here but those are ones that really stood out to me because of the somber nature or the sincerity behind them it's not always haha funny funny it can be I like it to be, honestly. But every now and then, you need those little nuggets. Nuggets of wisdom. And yeah, whoever screenplay of that series, if you wrote that or if it was actually said in real life, it's a fantastic quote. And I will definitely be remembering that one for years. I will definitely remember it until I see something else. <laughs> oh, I won't let you forget it. <laughs> that's, that's the nature of my brain. I'll remember it randomly. I'll be like walking down the street and I'll be like, whoa! That's a good one. That's a good one. You'd be like, whoa, that's a good one. I need lunch. I need lunch. Yeah, yeah. Let's do much. lunch. Yep. That's all I got for this one. Unless you had another one you wanted to share. 
I do not have any written down. Um, certainly felt the absence of Jim Carrey today on, on, on our quotes. He's still alive. <laughs> but I just, just didn't mean to say that. <laughs> just want to clarify. In, in our list of quotes, I was thinking, mm, we don't have any Jim Carrey on here. Sorry, you just made me think of a thing. It'd just be like, oh, I didn't know he passed. When is that? Oh, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, what? what, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, like we had said, this is definitely a first, another like uh, first episode that we can go back to. We had mentioned we started a few things that we can definitely keep in the repertoire of our episodes. We had like Guilty Pleasure versus Underrated. We had our HTML series. You know, we're we're actually uh, spearheading a new one soon. We'll let you guys, you know, keep you updated on that. Uh, we're doing little like little biography episodes on different people in the industry. Not thorough things, you know, maybe multi-part ones, but just kind of like their filmography or something, you know, little things to highlight their careers and such. Little spotlight series, as it were. Working on that, though, so we'll get we'll get back to you on that. But these are things that we can kind of go back to, you know, little little comfort episodes. I certainly feel comfort in my own voice. I record myself and I listen back to it when I'm at my darkest. And uh, I think, man, I sounded really bad then. Thank goodness I sound better now. <laughs> yeah, there's there's still footage of us somewhere of uh, when we were in our first play at school. Oh, gosh, I hope not. I see no danger. Every barrel must stand on its <laughs> bottom. Oh, gosh, I remember that. Holy cow. It's crazy how that Once again, still in there. Yeah, once again, didn't learn how to balance a checkbook, but nope. I learned to say this. Yep. That's how it goes. <laughs> and I think I'm better off for it. Exactly. It's okay. I watched movies for the time being and got some good quotes to remember. And other ones, too. <laughs> and some bad quotes, yeah. And don't forget, folks, just remember... In your deepest, darkest moments, in your despair, anything like that, you can always remember, somewhere, somehow, Palpatine returned. And that just fills your soul with glee, I don't know, usually spite and hatred. But instead of spewing vitriol, why not just take a minute and enjoy life? And hey, some more recommendations. If you have not seen any of the movies we mentioned, anything like that, give them a watch. If you haven't seen any of the movies we mentioned, then you have a problem. You have a problem. problem is you don't watch movies. The problem is you probably are way more responsible adults than us. That's true. You also have a life. Uh, you have a stable job. Um, you have responsibilities in life, and that's a problem. <laughs> Heck, you might even have a relationship or two. I don't know. <laughs> you might have good interpersonal relationships. You might skills. actually have connections with people. That's, yes, that's true. It's you deep need emotional to sever some of those connections with mindless <laughs> movies. And, and I, I feel for you. I'm sorry for you. Actually, I think we're already contributing to that because if they're already listening to us, then they're they're on that path already. Yes. Let's just be honest. And with that sad revelation, we'll go ahead and bring the close on this episode right here. Curtain is closed. On our first little episode of favorite quotes 
throughout the years. Multiple pieces of film and TV giving us some really good, some really bad, some in the middle, you know, they're okay. Quotes that we can use, utilize in life, or just remember and laugh at. And like we said, we'll definitely have many, many more. And anyone out there, you know, if you had a few that you never knew before listening to us talk about them, if you knew about them and agree, disagree, anything like that, you know, please, feedback. We'd love to hear from everyone. We have an email. You can utilize it. It's in the description of our episodes. I think that'll do it for us on this lovely, lovely day today. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you... Well, I would say bettered yourself, but, you know, that's not a possibility at all with I, this, yeah, with I our thing even, here. But, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe again, if we helped you feel better about yourself because you listen to us and then go, man, I'm so glad I'm more intelligent than that. That's the one. You're welcome. Yep. We are the butt of everyone's jokes. We are the comparison. And what a butt we are. What a butt we are. And with that, this has been Vidiotic. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> <laughs> a perfect summary of what we are and description. Yes. <laughs> My name is Joe. <laughs> My name is Sean. And we will catch y'all later. Oh, goodbye.